0: So we are in our series B, and the overarching theme of B is Be Different, because the world and the self-help books and the media tell us one way to live life, but Jesus tells us a completely different way to live life. And we are almost two months into the series, and we're about halfway through, so strap in. If you thought this was going to be quick, it's not. We're going to be here for a while, Um, because Jesus packed a lot into this little passage of teaching, collection of teachings, and we so often rush through it. Like we said at the beginning, it probably took Jesus about a week to get through everything that we typically read in like 20 minutes. A week. So there's a lot going on that can so easily be missed if we don't pause, slow down, unpack it, and see everything that's going on, especially a lot of the cultural things that we can so easily miss, because believe it or not, things were different 2,000 years ago crazy i know um but some of it's very much the same some things never changed solomon says that there's nothing new under the sun and as we go through this it's true there really is nothing new under the sun uh, so we are in matthew 5 uh in verse 33 and if you've been following along you notice that i have missed a portion of scripture this is the portion that i missed uh verse 31 you have heard the law says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she has been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who divorces a div- marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. Um, I did not intentionally miss that. So just so you know, I have this whole series plotted out. and it has to be done at a certain time. And I forgot to go to the plan and see that I had looped those two portions together last week, (laughs) oops, but I can't go back, but that portion of scripture actually fits really well with what we're talking about today, so I'm just going to loop it all in that way. Normally it goes with, obviously it talks about adultery, and last week we talked about adultery, which is everyone's favorite topic, Um, and this week we are talking about vows, so you can see the correlation between don't divorce and, and vows. Uh, with all of that rambling over, we are going to dive in. Matthew 5, starting in verse 33. Here we go. You have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. Do not say, by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. Do not say, by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king do not even say it by my head for you can't turn one hair white or black just say a simple yes i will or no i won't anything beyond this is from the evil one so jesus is talking about taking vows and i was thinking about this vows aren't something that everyone does nowadays right you take your marriage vows that's the one thing in life that is for sure—that if you get married, you make vows to one another. Um, certain professions ask for vows. When I got ordained, I had to make certain vows that would go with my ordination to uh, value the Word of God to teach it as authentically as possible. It's list. It's a long list. I was just reading it because I forgot what was on it a while ago. Um, but like doctors take an o- take oaths and. But not, we don't typically wake up on a weekly basis or a monthly basis, probably not even on a yearly basis, and say, I'm going to make a vow. I'm going to take this oath. But vows were actually a really important part of the culture back then. In fact, it was so important that Moses gave the Israelites laws on the proper practice of taking vows. So Jesus is addressing a law that maybe we don't always un- understand, we don't always connect with. So I want to unpack the law that he's addressing, what was happening in Jesus' day that he had to address it and then make it kind of culturally relevant to us today because as we know, sometimes the cultural details don't translate, but there's always an eternal principle at work that we as believers 2,000 years later have to make sure that we're, we're not missing, we're keeping track of this stuff. So here's the law that, Matt, that Jesus is referring to. Leviticus 19, verse 12, do not bring shame on the name of your God by using it to swear falsely, I am the Lord. Um, Some of your translations probably say, uh, do not profane the name of your God by swearing falsely. Um, Same thing, don't bring shame, don't bring dishonor to the name of God. Deuteronomy 23, when you make a vow to the Lord your God, (laughs) be prompt in fulfilling whatever you promised him. For the Lord your God demands that you promptly fulfill all your vows, or you will be guilty of sin. However, it is not a sin to refrain from making a vow. But once you have voluntarily made a vow, be careful to fulfill your promise to the Lord your God. Now, I'm a little disappointed that my translation that's popping up on the screen did what it did. Because uh, it missed something really important that's going on here. I want to see if my written copy does it better. Um, Yes, it does. Okay, of course. Silly thing. Um, This word right here, the Lord. Most, oh, good job. That helps. We're not going to play with the pen today because uh, it's just going to scratch out the words that I want to highlight. Um, why is it doing that? That's not good. Okay, we're not going to play with it. Okay, the Lord. On, in your written translations, that is probably all capitalized, the Lord. And the reason it's all capitalized is that in the original Hebrew, that is actually God's name. Yahweh is written there old testament israelite jewish tradition is that you don't say the name of god the name of god is considered to be so holy so um untouchable that we're that the jewish people are scared to mispronounce it so instead of taking that chance of bringing that dishonor and mispronouncing it we just don't say it and so instead of having yahweh written out in our english translations because our english translators want to honor that tradition They don't write out the name of God. They say the Lord and all capitals like that. So just so you know, which causes some really difficult translation problems because there's certain times where it says the Lord Yahweh. Well, now what do you do? Because when you're reading through, it doesn't say the Lord, Lord. That'd be weird. So it usually says the Lord Almighty, right? So they, they switch it up so that we know that there's a different word at play there. Um, But anyways, so both passages talk about taking, na- taking vows in God's name. Well, what do you do when you can't say the name of God, but you're taking a vow in his name? Because if you say it, and it's dishonoring to him, so you're not going to say the name, but the law has to do with this. And what was happening in Jesus' time is that the legal experts realized they had a loophole. So if you took a vow in the name of God, but didn't actually say the name of God, uh, then you could get out of the vow. You get out of the oath because technically you didn't take the na- the vow in his name. And so you, you you could get out of it. You see how that's a bit of a problem, right? Like I, i made this vow, but you know, my lawyer says, I don't have to, I don't have to honor it because I didn't, I didn't go through the proper, I didn't follow the law. So, uh so I'm not going to keep my promise. I'm not going to keep my, my oath. That's that's a problem. As I was reading through this, um, anybody here ever seen the show Suits? Anybody ever watch Suits? A few people? Good show. I like it. Um, the thing I like about Suits, it's a lawyer show. I don't know why. I, like, I think it's witty, and it's... Anyways, um, the whole show is about lawyers, corporate lawyers, who are either... Looking at contracts, trying to find loopholes, or trying to write contracts that are loophole-free so that once you sign it, you're stuck. And the really funny part is, as you get into later episodes, they have to go back to contracts that they've written and try to find loopholes in their own contract. Well, that's a new trick. Well, that's what these guys are doing. That's what the Jewish experts were doing at this time. Was They figured, for the sake of their people, that they found... This loophole. Well, you didn't say God's name, so you didn't technically take the vow in God's name, so you technically don't have to keep the vow. Now, that's all fine and dandy when you talk about it from a legal perspective. But when you think about it from an integrity perspective, that's a problem. Right? And all the guys who went through CLI, you're twitching because this is all in part of that course that we took about integrity Right, you take a vow, you, you keep the vow because you've kept it. But in their sense, if you dishonor the vow, if you broke the vow, it was actually bringing dishonor to God's holy and precious name. So Jesus comes out and he has this new standard. He said, "You know what? Don't take vows. Don't make oaths. Just just let your word be your word and be done with it." I think we don't talk about oaths and vows very much in today's in the church today for this very reason, because Jesus just says so definitively, let your yes be yes, let your no be no, right? I'm using an old translation, this one just says, just say, when you say yes, yes I will or no I won't, and just stick to it. But when it comes to, but Jesus is actually addressing something that's way more, deeper than simply talking about oaths and vows and I want to I want to create a scenario for you those of you that are parents okay picking on the parents today so if you're not a parent just be warned this is coming your way how many times parents were you doing something with your kids and you're telling them that telling them about a plan and they asked you do you promise do you promise to do that Anybody? It's just my kids or everybody? Okay, most parents can relate to this, yeah? Do you promise that you're going to do this? I want you to pause. We laugh, but I really want you to just pause and think about this. Why did your kid do that? Why is your kid making you promise to do that? Because at some point, we said we were going to do something and we didn't do it. And so your kid is looking for a little added assurance. At some point, we broke our word. One commentator said this. Uh, He who cannot be believed without swearing by God is already condemned. And what the commentator is saying is that if you have to make a promise in order for your word to be believed, in order for what you're saying to be done, then your word is already broken. There's something wrong with what you're saying. There's something wrong with your ability to honor your word. And so what Jesus is saying is that it's not that he doesn't want you to stop taking oaths because sometimes we need to take a vow, we need to take an oath because we know that the temptation to not follow through is there. And so the oath and the vow is an added extra security that we are going to follow through with what we have said. What Jesus is calling us to is a higher, a better way saying instead of having to take these oaths, just keep your word. Be so true to who you, what, do what you say you're going to do or don't do what you say you're not going to do consistently enough that you don't even have to promise. You don't even have to take a vow. And the, the tricky part with this is that in order to live this way, it's going to cost us something occasionally it's going to inconvenience us occasionally right and so in the way that we've been trained and the way that we've been taught is that as long as you don't promise you can get out of your word as long as you don't vow to follow through on it you can still get out of it you can change your mind and just make your excuse the quote the infinitely wise john brownlee excuses are like noses everybody's got them No more excuses. What Jesus is saying is no more excuses. No more broken words. No more promises. Not because you don't need to take a promise. But because when you say yes, you're going to stand by it no matter what changes. No matter what comes your way. No matter what challenges you're going to face to hold that word. Keep your word. Let your yes be yes. Let your no be no. No matter what changes. No matter what comes your way. No matter what it's going to cost. Let your no be no. As people of God, may you keep your word. And the foundation of it is bigger than integrity, it's bigger than us. It actually has everything to do with the God that we serve because we are a reflection and a representative of God of heaven. How many times has God's word changed? How many times has God changed his mind? How many times has God changed his laws? None. Zero. Even as we're going through Matthew 5 and Jesus is saying, you've heard it taught this way, but it actually is this way. He's not changing the law. He's just shining new light on it. God's laws never change. God's laws never go away. God's attitude towards the broken and the hurting. God's never changed. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And all Jesus is asking is that as people of God, as sons and daughters of God, made new in his image, be like your heavenly Father. Don't change your word. Don't change your commitments. Unless, unless keeping your word takes you down the path of sin. Because God would never tell you to hold on to something that's going to lead you into a, an activity that's going to lead you away from him. So that, that's the, that is the only loophole. Okay? Everyone always wants the loophole of what, you know, the, what's the exception to the rule. That's the exception. If, it's, if keeping your word is going to lead you to sin, then abandon ship. Flee from it. Sorry, I can't do that because it's going to violate my relationship with God. And you say that. Be upfront about it. And one of the things that Mitch and I would often talk about, Mitch talked about being obnoxiously Christian. I think we need to be a little bit more obnoxiously Christian. We don't, You know, stop with the excuses. Stop saying, oh, I can't do it, you know, and you have your law. Lo- no, just I can't do that because I, I, w- I want to honor God with my life. I want to honor God with what I'm doing. And I can't change my word or I'm changing my word because it would take me down a path that I want don't want to go. Every week we finish with a B statement. Here's your B statement. Be true to your word. It doesn't take much to, I hope it's not a big stretch for you to see how this ties back to the whole vow and divorce thing. Right? This is the one vow that every single person who gets married has to make. I vow to stay with you till death do us part. This is my vow. This is my solemn word. This is the one word you should probably keep more time every time. Not more times than not. No, that's not acceptable. N- always keep unchanging, this is my commitment. But with the same fervor, with the same excitement, with the same level of commitment that we stay, m- stay in our marriages, no matter how much it hurts, no matter how much we're button heads at times, because every marriage does, I'm staying with you. You are mine. We are together. We are one until death separates us. And with that same commitment, Jesus said, take that same approach to everything you say. Take that same commit take that same level of devotion to every commitment, to every word, to everything you say you're gonna say and you say you're gonna do. Don't be wishy-washy. Because it's gonna start impacting your commitment to God, it's gonna start impacting your relationship with others because if you get that reputation of, yeah. They say they're going to do it, but they're not. Hmm. That's not going to go well. So here's what we're going to do. I got the team to come on up. I see half the team. Um, I'll stall. Um, Anybody ever want to bow your heads? Close your eyes. Because we do this every time. And again, I want to remind us that as we move into the next song, it's not, we don't sing because it's the right thing to do. We don't sing to wrap up the service. We sing because we are called to respond. We have heard the word. Jesus has called us, has challenged us with something. And so now we respond. And maybe your response is just to pause and say, God, show me Show me the times that I've not kept my word. And show me how I can make it right. The same way two weeks ago we talked about if you're praying and God reveals that you've angered somebody to drop everything and go make it right. How have I upset people? How have I, uh, caused, how have I hurt people because I haven't been able to keep my word? Or maybe your response is to stand and to sing and declare God's praises because the truth is that God's word never changes. God is the same yesterday and forever, and that is something to praise God about. Holy Spirit, impress on each and every one of us how we are to respond. God, if you're calling us to praise because of who you are, then God may we praise louder than we've ever praised before for calling to repentance because we have been in the habit of breaking our word. Thank God, call us to repentance and help us bring healing where there needs to be healing and rest- restoration where there needs to be restoration because this is a relationship thing. It hurts our relationship with you and it hurts our relationship with others and you have called us to unity. So Jesus, speak to us. Move in our hearts. Move in our minds. Show us what we need to be showing this morning, God. May we honor you with our response. In your name, Jesus, I pray.